Hello, Bettys. Welcome to the show. Before we get to our guest today, I just wanted to let you know that we have such an epic list of guests coming up in March. We are talking about menopause. We're talking about autoimmunity. We're talking about muscle building. We're talking about recovery practices. And I don't want you to miss any of it. Even if you are listening to the podcast, you may not necessarily be subscribed. So you're going to have to manually go into your podcast app and press play. I would love for you to hit that subscribe button so that you are getting the podcast as they are released. It's going to make me oh so happy to know that you are a subscriber of the pod. You are officially a Betty in the Bettyverse. And of course, you are never going to miss an episode and be the first to know when it drops. Thank you so much. I think the ultimate act of love is grace. And the problem is, is that we do not show grace to others. Most importantly, we don't show grace to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so if we're speaking to ourselves and that's one of the things we talk about at Pillow Effects a lot too. Really, the whole thing about paleo is getting rid of all the toxins in your life. And that includes not just what you put in your mouth, not just what you put on your body, not just what you clean your house with, not what you give to your dogs or your cats or whatever you have, animals. Um, it's your whole environment. That means uh, everything that you're putting in here, which is your thoughts and everything that you have going on here with your relationships. If you have toxic people in your life and if you've got toxic thoughts, you need to get rid of them because those things don't serve the entire organism. And the thing is that doesn't mean that you don't love people, you, but you don't loving somebody doesn't mean they have to be part of your daily life. They can, mm -hmm. you can love people from afar and you know, I, I can tell you, I practice that one. Mm -hmm. So the, the thing is, is that what do we, but what we choose on a daily basis is whether or not we choose to bring hell into our lives or we choose to bring heaven. Welcome back to The Better Podcast with yours truly, Dr. Stephanie Estima. This show is for high-performing women who want better bodies, better minds, better relationships, better sex, and better families, and want to hear from a woman that can take the complex science and make it easy to integrate into everyday life. Every week, I'll be giving you access to world-class scientists, medical doctors, plastic surgeons, professional athletes, Olympic gold medalists, Hollywood actors, parenting coaches, sex experts, and psychologists. I am always looking to answer this question. What are the simplest things that we can do today to get better tomorrow? I am part geek, part magic, and it is my mission to be the voice for women. Let's get better together. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Better with Dr. Stephanie. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Estima. Today, I sat down with Michelle Norris. She is the co-founder of the world's largest paleo conference entitled Paleo FX. And I wanted to sit down and talk with her because I've had the opportunity to get to know her over the last year. And particularly, I was in a mastermind and we were both co-hosting a table on keto, the ketogenic diet and fasting uh, last April in 2019. And after we had finished facilitating the table, Michelle and her husband, Keith, and I sat down and talked for about an hour afterwards. And she's a fascinating woman. And I wanted to bring her on the podcast to talk about the event, what inspired the original inception of the event, and what she is doing in this post-coronavirus world where an event of her magnitude, so the Paleo FX event brings about 8,000 people 
per year, what she's doing right now in the midst of this crisis. And we got into a lot of discussion about how she's going above and beyond and serving her tribe, what some of the challenges are about being in the event space and what she is dealing with right now. And I thought it was a very honest, open and transparent discussion around her current struggles. And what I didn't know was the event was originally inspired from tragedy. So she lost her daughter, Brittany, and the idea of continuing Brittany's legacy through this event. And you'll hear the story that Michelle talks about when she talks about the loss of Brittany and how at her funeral, people kept coming up to her and saying, Brittany changed my life this way. Brittany changed my life that way. And Paleo Effects grew out of this idea to continue to honor her daughter's ability to affect people. And she, Michelle and Keith, wanted to have this event to continue her legacy in a way and to help continue to change people's lives, which I thought was just amazing. And it reminded me that while it's not worth the price of entry, you know, to, to lose a child is one of the most tragic things I can ever imagine. Even just thinking about it, I can feel my heart racing for them. But they've made the conscious choice to allow that loss, that grief, that energy to transmutate into something that is positive. And that, and what has been born out of that is paleo effects. And we are releasing this episode on Monday, May the 4th, as uh, on purpose because it is in and around the time of Brittany's birthday. Brittany's original birthday was May the 5th and they lost Brittany three days before that on May the 2nd. So I wanted to try and release this podcast around the same time to both honor Brittany and Michelle and Keith. And I hope that you enjoy this discussion. You will find, as I have found, Michelle is an incredibly driven, hardworking, mother. She's a boss. You know, she's a boss. She runs this incredible event and it's very easy to see why um, people are drawn to her and her mission. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Michelle Norris. I am a huge fan of the Bio Optimizers Magnesium Breakthrough. It has seven forms of magnesium, which is going to help to transform your stress and your performance and your recovery and your sleep to the next level. I'm often asked like, well, what are the types of magnesium we should be looking for? So there's magnesium chelate and citrate and bisglycinate and malate, sucrosomial, taurate and orotate. They have various effects on the body. Bisglycinate, probably the most bioavailable and most absorbable. Malate, it's found naturally in fruits, helps with migraines. Chronic pain has been shown to help improve depression. Magnesium citrate uh, helps with arterial stiffness. It helps with maintaining a healthy weight. Magnesium chelate is important for muscle building, recovery and health. The list goes on and on. You're basically getting them all in one supplement. Each supplement itself is 500 milligrams of magnesium, which I feel is such a great dosage as a great baseline for most women. I have found a beautiful medium of actually cycling my magnesium. So I actually will take one or two of these. So I'm either getting 500 milligrams or up to a gram of magnesium, depending on where I am in my cycle. So head on over to biooptimizers.com forward slash better and use code better for 10% off of any order, but make sure that the magnesium breakthrough is in your cart. 
don't be fooled by the frigid temperatures. Keeping hydrated in the wintertime is super important. In colder temperatures, we sweat more due to a higher metabolic demand of trying to maintain a core body temperature. We lose more fluids and electrolytes through our urine. We lose more water through respiration and just general breathing. And our skin dries out in the wintertime as well. We are a ski family, and over this winter, we have been using Elementee's Chocolate Medley. The chocolate chai is absolutely incredible with some boiling water, a splash of milk. And my kids love the chocolate mint with some hot water. This is our apres-ski. We cozy up with Element Hot After Hours on our cross-country trails. Now, for a limited time, you too can get the Element Tea Chocolate Medley and enjoy them hot, as I have been doing, with this exclusive insider bundle for you. When you buy three boxes of any flavor, it doesn't have to be the chocolate, it can be any of the flavors that they offer, you are going to get the fourth box free. If you head over to drinkelement.com forward slash Dr. Estima, you'll see that exclusive offer at the bottom of the page. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And tell me which of the chocolate, Melody, you love the best. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I am, um, as the listeners heard in, in the intro, you are one of the founders of Paleo FX and it, this is coming up to its ninth year, this event, correct? Yes. And when we think about the conference, it's, it's, it's extraordinary because the numbers that you draw every year are in- incredible. I think uh, the number, the data that I've pulled is like eight, like 8,000, something like that, 8,000 attendees every year. Yes. Yeah. How I'm, I'm really interested in understanding. I want to talk about the conference and, you know, and, and, and I want my listeners to get to know you because I've had the pleasure and opportunity of uh, getting to know you uh, as well. But I wanted to just look at the origin story of Paleo Effects. How, why and how did this come about? Where did this come from? Okay. So there's like two backstories to Paleo Effects. Um, so the 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 first backstory, the original backstory of why Paleo FX even exists is um, 10 and a half years ago, um, our daughter Brittany was graduating from college and um, she was a music and worship ministry major. And um, so we had this big party all planned for her graduation, for um, her 23rd birthday and for um, Mother's Day. And on... Um, what would have been her 23rd birthday, we had her very first memorial service. And um, she was killed three days before her 23rd birthday. And so um, Keith and I were there. It was the first memorial service was held at her college. And um, there were about 700 people in attendance and they had a receiving line for us. So all these people stood in line to pay their respects. And over and over all night long, people kept telling us how Brittany had changed their lives. And it was not superficial, like, oh, she changed my life. But it was, she said this, or she did this, or she did that, or she took me here, or she did whatever it was. It was very specific and very profound. And so, you know, we were a little numb on autopilot. But one thing that we came away from there with immediately was that we couldn't let her legacy of changing people's lives die with her. Mm -hmm. So um, her 
her gifts were music and worship and ministry. She was a very gifted musician and singer. And those were decidedly not our gifts. And so we were trying to figure out what does it look like to carry on a legacy of someone that you don't, you don't have the same gifts as they do, but you want to change people's lives. And so we kind of struggled with that for quite a while. And now Keith's and I's gifts are food and nutrition and health and wellness and fitness and everything. And so two years later, we're sitting on the runway at LAX. We have just left a decidedly academic conference that discusses the science of paleo. Mm -hmm. And so we're sitting on the runway and I'm talking to Keith. I'm like, you know, it was a really great conference. We had a great time, very sciencey, very geeky, which we love, um, all that stuff. So we're sitting there talking and I was like, you know, you know, the thing that's really missing, what they really need to do is they need to have like cooking demonstrations and they need to have demonstrations to show people how to do the movement and how to actually work out. And they need to have, you know, demonstrations about how you, how you plan your food and do, I mean, like I was just like, it needs to be like, not know, just theoretical, right? It needs yeah. to be theory to practice. <laughs> right. And so Keith looks at me and he goes, it's, it's an academic conference. They're not going to do that. And so we were sitting there and then we just really, it was kind of an aha moment. Well, oh, wait a minute. This is, we can do this. And, oh, this is how we're going to carry on Brittany's legacy. Now, um, so we, you know, started Paleo FX. Okay, so this was August of 2011. By October of 2011, we had made the decision to move forward and have Paleo FX. And um, on March 14th of 2012, we launched Paleo FX. March 14th also happens to be me and Keith's anniversary. Mm. So, um, it, so Paleo FX and, and us share the same anniversary, which is kind of interesting and weird, but it is what it is. So um, anyway, I, I sometimes tease Keith that he wanted that date just so he could remember. <laughs> not, <laughs> like, let's have a big party every year. Let's do it on this date. Yeah. Right. We'll just do it. Yeah. So anyway, it was, so that's how Paleo Effects actually was started and why. And um, we just really recognized that there is such a need that people wanted to know how to, how to do paleo. Like, you know, we have owned gyms at the time and um, we've since sold our shares in those gyms. But at the time we had lots of clients that, that all that they cared about was they're like, okay, they're happy the science exists, but the, they're totally indifferent to the science unless they know how to use it. Right. And so that was where we were like, okay, somebody needs to disseminate the science into usable things. And so there's a lot of stuff on the internet and a lot more now than there was back then when we decided to do this, that where people can get a lot of that practical application. The thing that they can't get um, online is that, you know, the in-person electricity, the, the excitement, the, just the feeling and energy from being at a live conference when you are around like-minded people who think like you do and who take their health seriously and they, they've taken control of their health and they're really looking for um, how to optimize their health and how to really hack it in a way that really works for them and gives them, you know, you know, energy, longevity, you name it, all of those things, and just really provides lots of performance for the human body. And so, um, yeah, that was, that was how it started. Well, it's I think crazy since then, but yeah. It's, it's a beautiful story. And of course, 
you know, doesn't remove the tragedy of losing your daughter. And as you're, as you were describing her and how everybody was coming up to you and saying, you know, this is how she changed me. This is how she changed me. I had a discussion on the podcast with uh, Dr. Joanne Cacciatore and she's a traumatic grief expert. And one of the things that she was saying is, while it's never worth the cost of entry, you know, it's never worth the, to lose somebody like your daughter or, you know, to lose a child. But if you can allow yourself, allow that energy, allow the grief to have a metamorphosis and to change into something that is productive and, and constructive rather than it consuming you and, and, and decelerating and, and destroying you. I mean, I think that that is such a beautiful tribute to uh to your daughter and and the you know the numbers really speak for themselves i mean it is the largest uh, to my knowledge it is the largest paleo conference i mean 8000 attendees like you're you've, you've hit a nerve there right like you've you've hit something that is meaningful for people um what does it what does it mean to you to be paleo and and i i ask this because I think a lot of people will initially and perhaps erroneously associate it with the diet. Like you have to have a bit of meat and it's paleolithic and this, but you know, the, the conference itself to my understanding is very much diet agnostic. Like it doesn't matter if you're keto or you're vegan or you're paleo or you're whatever. Um, it, it's just really about people who are seeking out, you know, solutions and you giving them the tactics for, you know, those foundational principles. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. So yeah, the, I would say there's very little of the, the nutrition or the diet left in the conference, to be honest, because most people are, um, feel like they're passed up. Not that we don't have those things. Cause we do, we have, we have what we call paleo one-on-one, um, talks. So there's a, you know, a lot of that, but really at paleo FX, our belief is there are seven pillars of health. And in order to be a fully optimized and um, healthy, happy human being, you need to have all seven pillars in place. Mm. And those pillars are physical health, mental health, emotional health, relational health, financial health. And then the two that I think are probably super important, um, probably even hyperextend past the other five, is spiritual health. And tribal health. And I know a lot of people are like, wait a minute, you're a nutrition conference. What does spiritual health have to do with any of that? First and foremost, we are a lifestyle and health conference first. So it's really about all of those things being in place. And the thing is, is that I'm not talking about having a religion or having some kind of religious dogma around what you believe or any of those things. What I believe is, um, believing in something bigger than yourself and whatever that is, I don't, doesn't matter to me. Um, but having that belief in something bigger than yourself and having a spiritual practice is so key and is so important to the overall health of a human being. And the reason I say this is that I know that there are a number of things that got us through Brittany's death. Um, number one, we, our health, was in great, we were in really good health with, um, and being paleo and, and that type and really watching what we ate and all of those things. So my health was in really good shape when I went through that. Now there's definite, you can see pictures of me, um, before she passed and after she passed where my, there was just this accelerated aging. 
It just happened. It's kind of like we watch how um, we watch how when a president goes into office and when he comes out, the, yeah. the, the aging that that occurs, and it's it's the stress. It's the stress that's put on the um, organism that really causes the aging to accelerate. And so um, you can see that. And so, but the thing that was most interesting was um, is that I never got sick. Um, obviously, you know sadness is very different than, um, than illness, illness. Uh, having, and this is the other thing I wouldn't even call there's sometimes where I, um, feel like a lot of people like very incorrectly tag people that are grieving with being depressed. There's a big difference between depression and grieving a huge difference. And so it's really frustrating to me. I have a friend that just recently lost her daughter. And she was just recently told she should get on depressants. And I was like, no, like, I don't, I, I just get really infuriated by things like that because what this is, is that when you talk about what a depressant is, a depressant numbs your feeling. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with feeling sadness. There's nothing wrong with going through the process of feeling all those emotions and feelings that it, there is, you know, the five stages of grief. It's like, you know, anger, denial, you know, and it's just hopelessness and whatever. And then you finally get back to feeling hope. And the thing is, is that those are necessary. We're, we're made to go through that stuff. We're, we actually do better. Our organisms do better feeling all the feelings that we have and getting them out of our body. And the problem is, is that now what we want to do is mask all of that. We don't want to feel any of that stuff. We want to, you know, we'll drink or we'll, you know, take drugs or we'll take pharmaceuticals to now to get, which I think sometimes pharmaceuticals are way worse than just taking drugs. But, you know, the thing is, is that it's really imperative for us to go through all of that and, and to feel it and to allow it to happen. So it's been almost 11 years, but the thing is, is that it, it doesn't come as often as it did in the past when after it was first, you know, new. So those are just things that I think with, with people, it's been really great to, to like to go to Paleo FX and see all these different pillars of health play out, the spiritual health being the, the big thing. I, it, it gives me peace. It, I have a spiritual practice and it gives me peace. And, um, and one of those things is, is not allowing, not allowing myself to like, go take the, the easy way out, take a pill, get rid of the feelings. Mm -hmm. I don't have to deal with all of that. That's just, um, I think that's very destructive to the human organism. And so, you know, we talk about a lot of that stuff at Palo FX and, and then of course the tribe. And that's the, probably the biggest piece of Pale Effects. It's the tribe. It's all of those people there together and um, really there for their, um, not just their common good, but common good of their tribes and their communities, wherever they are. So You and I, I think, are, are dyed from the same cloth <laughs> because <laughs> I have, lit you know, there, I couldn't say it better myself. I think that you know, if you're feeling, if you've just lost your daughter, and this is the conversations I've had with uh, Dr. Cacciatore, I was just, um, I think her episode's coming up before this conversation, but Dr. Kelly Brogan and I were chatting about this and depression is always an appropriate response. Mm -hmm. It's always an appropriate response to your internal or external environment. And 
you know, we could go down a whole rabbit hole about the bereavement clause being removed from the DSM-5, but you see someone who, like your friend who just lost her child, I mean, you're going to cry. You're going to, you're going to feel hopeless and lost and depressed, but I, I, I'm just becoming more fatigued with this idea of let's pathologize everything that's not sparkly, happy unicorns and rainbows. Like where the full range of the human condition is that we can oscillate from joy and elation and uh, happiness to grief and loneliness and hopelessness. But if we don't feel our feelings, if we're constantly, like you were saying, just taking the the pill or taking, you know, numbing, the numbing agent, porn, tech, work, drugs, whatever, and you don't actually sit in it, you'll never move through it. Right. Never. Um, So thank you. Thank you for saying that. Um, For, for the listener, and this is a question for myself as well, you've been talking about spiritual practice and I want to define that because I think a lot of times spirituality can become muddled with religion and sometimes they're not mutually exclusive and and sometimes they are so can you define maybe define in your words what spiritual like a spiritual practice means for you and how that plays out in your everyday life and then i'd love to talk about the tribe because that's also something you know in light of you know the coronavirus and all this kind of stuff right now i think tribe is like more important than ever so let let's talk about spirituality first and then i'd like to move into tribe sure mm-hmm. yeah so for me uh, my spiritual practice is this is so in the mornings i generally do some type of meditation i read something that's uplifting many days for me that is um the bible um i am I am a Christ follower. I, I um, hesitate to say I'm a Christian because of the connotation that goes with that. Mm-hmm. But I really try to follow the teachings of Christ and what Christ um, said and did and, and, and all of that. So um, I also feel like, too, that um, you can, when you get into that Christ or Christian thing, too, it can tend to take people completely offline where they're just like, they just can't hear that. And my, my thought process around that is that's, what's good for me. That's what works for me. And I don't need to tell you what's going to work for you and what's going to um, be best for you. Mm-hmm. My, um, my hope in ever saying anything about Christ is just trying to follow that type of road of trying to love people where they are, how they are, who they are, not for what I want them to be or who I think they should be. Um, I'm not perfect. I definitely can't say that I'm perfect around that. Um, but it's something that I strive for in a daily practice. So meditation, journaling, those are the things that are, for me, those are my spiritual outlet. The other thing is I, I book end my days. So the morning and then the evening before I go to bed. I also do a lot of affirmations and I do a lot of, um, I do a lot of visioning like for things that I believe uh, I, I did this a couple of weeks ago was I placed a vision on my Facebook page for everyone to about you know, uh, a vision for humanity through the coronavirus, through COVID-19. 
and what it, we would look like when we get done with this and how it would be and that we would operate in in love and care and concern for each other not in out of fear and um you know the thing is is that when we turn to fear we end up tending to be very in internal not concerned about anybody else but ourselves. and the thing is is that in a time like this this is a lot of a reminder like 9 11 you know what i mean where we came together like we were just for each other we were it didn't matter nobody gave just nobody gave a shit about you know what your color of your skin was um what your your gender was what your gender bias is what your you know how you identify in your gender do you um you know are you gay are you a lesbian and nobody cared about any of that everybody just came together and the thing is is that that's it's sad to me that it takes us being in situations like this where we we can let all of that go and we can all, we can see our um commonality as humans and we don't do that any other time but when we have something like really tragic or something so severe happening like you know COVID-19 and so um my hope and what I've been saying over the last few weeks is that I see this as like this is a wake-up call from God the divine the universe whatever you believe it's a wake-up call from mother earth <laughs> slow down everybody just take a breath because we need a break <laughs> you need a break everybody needs to rejuvenate everybody needs to um relax and take and we're being forced into this and but if you notice and you've it, it's been seen like i know that the that the dolphins swimming in the the venice canals was a hoax thing whatever but the water is clear in that canal and the reason the water is clear is because there's no boats, there's no pollution, there's nothing happening, so it's having a chance to breathe. Then the other thing is, is China, with the fact that they all had to stay home, that there was no traffic and everything, they've had some of the clearest skies, that they have the highest pollution in the entire world, the highest pollution, and they have the highest concentration of population. So the thing is, is that they've gotten a break, like they're, their air is clearer than it's been in years. And so it's just this collective sigh and time for breathing and meditation and getting that. I, I think it's a huge wake up call to all of us for us to really take stock of our lives, not just in, um, you know, not just in this moment, but knowing what do we really want? Like, what is it that you're doing in your life? I mean, like, did you lose your job that you hate? Mm -hmm. If you did, if you lost your job that you hate, maybe that's a blessing. Or maybe you are actually going to be happy that you have that job when you get back to it and that you're going to do more and be more in that job. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is for anybody. I know this. For me, I've really had to look around and take stock of everything that I have going on in my life and make decisions about getting rid of things that don't serve me. And um, the other piece is, I think it's also a huge wake up call to the majority, uh, particularly of Americans, that their health is in the tank. And it's an opportunity for them to go, oh, okay, now I need to, that I need to prioritize this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's one of the things that we've done at Pillow Effects over the last couple of weeks is created a series called resiliency becoming hard to kill. This is not 
the first virus and it's not going to be the last. And so what are you going to do? Just like, go, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to go back to normal after this is all over with. And I'm going to, you know, continue to eat my Fritos and Cheetos and Doritos and McDonald's and whatever. And I'll be, you know, I made it through this one. So I'll make it through the next. You, you don't know. You don't know. The only thing that we do know is that when we are, we have a really strong immune system. And when we have a really strong health, healthy organism, we become hard to kill. It's hard to get rid of an organism that's as hardy and as, um, you know, strong as, like, I, I'm just going to say, me and my husband. Mm -hmm. we, we honestly believe that Keith had, um, had coronavirus probably the beginning of February, um, just from what we're looking at and a number of people and exposure to somebody that, you know, travels a lot to China. And so we think he had it. And the thing is, is that it took him out for a few days. But he, but the thing is, is that he is a strong, you know, person. And so what does it look like when somebody that doesn't have his kind of immunity, doesn't work out like he does, doesn't eat like he does, doesn't have the kind of mental, um, you know, uh, mindset, positive mindset that Keith does, what does that look like when somebody gets sick with this or some other virus? It, it looks like death mm -hmm. for a lot of people. And so that's, um, that's one thing I think people are going to start trying to, I think they'll, we'll see them start taking responsibility for their health and recognizing that they got to get that, that house in order. I mean, this whole house needs to get in order, but that part of your house has got to get in order. So yeah, just getting all of those pillars, you know, humming, you know, and it's, and it's not difficult to start each one. It doesn't mean, oh, get them all seven, all, you know, rocking and rolling, and they're all, you know, tons and tons of change. It's not that. The, the change for each of those things is really minuscule, and you can do it and then compound and then add and then add, and it, it won't take long to become healthy and hard to kill. I am incredibly bullish on sauna as a therapy for recovery, heart health, and overall aging well. I personally decided on an infrared sauna from Sunlighten because of the range of far wavelengths and near infrared wavelengths that it offers. Saunas help with detoxification and rejuvenation to rid your body of toxins. It helps with heart health by improving circulation, reducing blood pressure, and helping keep the arteries supple. It helps with muscle recovery by easing the tension and soreness to recover faster. And of course, stress reduction with the warmth and the relaxation of sitting in a sauna. It's crucial for hormonal balance and achieving a state of well-being necessary for a strong physique and a strong mind. If you visit sunlighten.com slash better and use code better to get a discount. That is sunlighten, S-U-N-L-I-G-H-T-E-N.com slash B-E-T-T-E-R and use code better at checkout. I like the idea of when you, when we talk about those seven pillars of health, of viewing them more as a dial rather than like an on or off, right? So you either are financially healthy or you're not, or you are either re relationally healthy or you're not. That's not how I think you or Keith or anybody wants to look at it. We want to be looking at it like what little, like you just said, what little incremental step, how can I turn the dial up just a little bit more so that I'm better? You know, what's one simple thing I can do today to make me a little bit better than I was um, yesterday? And I, I share your opinion in that, 
it, I saw a meme and I'm, I'm not making fun and making light of the situation, but it was something like, you know, I think mother earth has just sent us all to our rooms to think about what we've done. Yes. And it, it, that, even though that. That, it, it's like a little funny tongue in cheek, but it's like, yeah, you know what? I think that this is an opportunity for us to in all this unraveling in terms of what we feel has been taken away from us. You know, we feel anxious, we feel uncertain, but in this crisis can be born, there can be creativity that's born. There can be an opportunity for us to, uh, you know, Jim Quick is calling this cocooning, like in this little cocooning time, who I know, you know, you are, you are good friends with Jim. Um, and I love the idea of cocooning in this crisis as a catalyst for, uh, uh, for change. Like yeah. this is our, you know, caterpillar moment, right? This is when the caterpillar can dissolve, you know, take in all the fear and all the anxiety and all the, you know, uncertainty. And the caterpillar can have this beautiful metamorphosis into the butterfly. And we can have this, hopefully, my, my hope is that there'll be a collective awakening around what, where we've gone awry and how we can, and how we can course correct. Uh, I completely agree with you. I, completely agree with you there. I do. I, and it's funny. I've seen that meme. One of the things that I've saw, some of the most hysterical stuff has come out. Yeah, like, I've had some of the best laughs I've had in years yes. in the last couple of weeks because people are so, can be so darn funny and can be so creative. And okay. I, yeah. I, this is the thing is, yeah, I'm like you. I, I feel very, I feel, um, bad for those people that are actually really suffering through this, that have loved ones that they've lost or loved ones that are really sick. And there is the possibility that they, um, they will pass. I, I definitely, um, feel for those people and I, and I don't want, definitely don't want to make light of it in that. What I do think though, is that as a collective, we have an opportunity to be able to, um, receive the fact that joy and laughter and death and, you know, sickness and all of that all is part of life. And we all have going to have been and will be touched by it, all of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for the rest of our lives. And so the thing is, is that, um, not taking ourselves so seriously. I mean, like some of the stuff that I have seen around the toilet paper, like who, I was like, where did that one come from? Like, what's the deal? And there was a meme that came out that it was like, we're all puppets to the toilet paper companies. Yeah. That, yeah. That, whoa, they created. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't have any idea what, where the toilet paper thing came from. It became such a big deal. And, and it's nonsensical, but then you're like, oh crap, I need to get toilet paper because right? there's going to be none. And then you, and then you end up buying into the stupidity as well. Like I remember like saying to Giovanni, I'm like, oh my God, I think we actually need to buy some toilet paper because there's going to be none when we run out. Right. Anyway. So it's funny because you look at some of that stuff and it's like, okay, now like all toilet paper's all back in stock. Everybody's okay. Right, right. Just let all like, you know, take a collective breath here for a minute. Mm -hmm. But it was just, yeah, the whole thing was hysterical to me. Some of the things like there was one meme that was so darn funny and it was a, like a nurse sitting down with a, a man in the first scene. And she said, sir, you've tested positive for the coronavirus. And in the second one, he goes, that's got to be an error. I have 300 rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> I saw that one. I saw that one. Like somehow that made us immune. I don't know yeah. what it was. Yeah. It was so funny. And I thought, 
this is where we're going to see, and I said this a few times on my, on some of the lives and stuff that I've done is we're going to see the best in humanity or we're going to see the worst. Yeah. And the thing is, is we get to choose what that is. And yeah. so I like seeing all the best in humanity. So one of the things that happened and you may have seen it, I don't know if you've, you've seen it because it originally started in Austin. Um, but my a friend of mine, Ron Lynch, who is a well-known entrepreneur here, um, created a Facebook page or group um, called IntelliHelp. And so basically it was an ask give. That's all it was, was to be an ask give. So if somebody needed something, they asked, and then there was people that could give whatever they could give or whatever. And mm -hmm. this thing like took off and I don't even know how many hundreds, but I, I think there's a, like, I, tens of thousands of people in there now. It started out with like 500 people. And I think it's anyway, but it's, it's, so it's things like that. Like I was reading it the other day and I just cried. I was like, oh my gosh, like you see some people that they lost their job and, but they said that they have all that they need. They have a full tank of gas. And if anybody needs them, they don't know how long it'll last, but they'll go run errands for people that can't go out. Like, I mean, like that. That is the beauty of the human condition. Yeah, that is the the most beautiful part of being a human. Right. And mm -hmm. I was just like, that is mm -hmm. what, that's what we need to see all the time. Mm -hmm. Not just now, but because, you know what? It doesn't just exist in this time that people can't go do things for themselves. There's many times people are very sick and cannot go do things for themselves that they're alone or they're, they're isolated. And that's the other piece of this too, is, is some of the, I think a lot of us are now getting a taste of what it's like for, for people who are isolated on a regular basis. Right. Because this is driving a lot of us crazy. I mean, like, look, we're all creating opportunities to, to um, socialize through Zoom, through whatever, you know, we've had, I've had, I don't know how many virtual dinner parties now, how many virtual part dance parties, you know, all kinds of stuff. I've had all of that happening and it's, and it's because we want that social connection. Uh, and we were talking about, let's not call it social distancing. Let's call it physical distancing, but don't, let's not socially distance each ourselves. Yeah. So we have been doing all of these things to keep our social connection going while we have to stay apart. And, but I think all of us are finally, like we're getting a taste of what it's like for a lot of Americans, particularly I say Americans, and I know this is all over the world, but, um, but predominantly I imagine your, your audience is American. But we have Americans here that are isolated all the time. Mm -hmm. This is nothing new for them. Mm -hmm. They're probably like, well, welcome to my world, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> and the thing is, this is that we need to figure out how to take care of them. You know, we need to figure out how to take care of them all the time. Like when, the, when this ends, there's still going to be people that are isolated. How and that comes back to your tri that comes back to the tribal piece, I think, as well, yeah. where we we really in many ways, I think modern society, we've moved away from community. We've moved away from tribal like behavior where we get together, you know, if it's, if it's a religious sense, you know, the, every, we get together every Sunday or we get together every Saturday, you know, depending on your religious affiliation um, or Friday nights sometimes. Um, so there's, the, there's this movement away from it. And I think, and this is, you know, this is conversations that Giovanni and I have had sort of offline and in private around events, because I think that events are going to 
come back stronger than ever because yes, the URL is great, but the IRL, the in real life always trumps. Like IRL is always greater than URL. It is always, um, you know, we've had, uh, uh, I remember one year at Archangel I'm writing that down and I'm going to steal it. Thank you. you. It is yours. It is yours. (laughs) IRL is greater than URL. Um, we had, uh, I believe it was Simon Sinek who was, um, he had done an, um, uh, an interview with Giovanni at Archangel Summit one year. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about this principle of tribe and being in real life. And he said, you know, I could have just called in from my apartment in New York and I could have done the exact same in-person interview, but the impact that it would have had on you wouldn't have been the same because I wouldn't have been in the same physical mm-hmm. space as you. So I'm, I'm really, I'm excited for when this will die down, we will get over it. When events, when we start to see social gatherings again, what it's going to be like. And like I've said, you know, this is sort of a private comment that I had made to Giovanni. I I think that events are going to explode. Um, Now that being said, you know, I've seen what it takes to produce an event. I can only imagine, you know, you, you know, Archangel, I think last year it was like 3000 people. You're like drawing 8,000 is, you know, double like 1.5 that. Um, it people really underestimate the planning and the and the timing and like what happens every minute. And like, li- like literally, even though you can plan everything out, it's all like something always goes wrong, like something major. There's a catastrophe, it has to be fixed right now. Um, I would, I'm curious to know whether this is in light of, you know, uh, SARS, like the coronavirus, or 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 anything, have there been any changes that you are considering to the whether it's the uh, the itinerary or the way that the that the conference is being delivered? Are there any ways that your planning has changed based on based on the virus? Yeah, and I'm <laughs> one of the things that we were going to do this year because it was such a we had so many people say we needed to do it. And now we're probably going to skip it this year is a cuddle puddle. Mm. <laughs> we're probably six skip feet that. away, six feet away, oh. cuddle puddle. <laughs> you can hold so hands. We're probably going to skip that whole deal. The yeah. thing is, is that the, the, um, the event itself and like what you said about IRL greater than URL, the in real life, there is not anything like that because when you cannot, um, we all have an energy field. Mm-hmm. And I know people are like, oh, that's so woo-woo. That's not woo-woo, that's science. Mm-hmm. We have an energy field around our bodies. And it's and when you think about it, when you walk into a room with someone that you know really well, you can feel their energy immediately. Mm-hmm. Whether or not their energy is, ooh, maybe I want to leave the room, mm-hmm. or, oh man, they're in a really good mood, or whatever, or you can tell. You, we have the sense for it. Our energy field feels the other energy field. That's like on steroids at a huge event is the feeling all of that energy and how positive it is. And one of the things that we do at Pillow Effects is we start our entire show off with an invocation to get rid of negative energy and bring in all the positive energy that we can. We do a sound healing every morning to, again, get rid of the negative energy, bring in the positive energy. And when we started doing that a couple of years ago, everybody has told us that they notice 
the difference in the high frequency of the energy. So it's something that we've been like, yes, we're going to definitely keep doing that. So it's one of the reasons why I brought on the other night, we did a Facebook live, we did a global breath and it was this visualization for us to all really visualize us all healthy and that we're past this and that we are in a place where everybody is now awakened to the idea that they are sovereign over their own body and their own health mm -hmm. and that they get to choose how they want their life to be. And so, um, you know, we try to really, um, you know, embody that at Halo effects. And I, I think that that's totally palpable when you're at the event. And like I said, it's that energy, you feel it, you, you can't, deny that and it's electric and it's exciting and it's fun. And so um, as far as anything else changing um, with Paleo FX, we have some really cool new things that we were doing this year. Um, those won't change. We, were, we had a health hacker lab that we're planning for. We, um, we have all, you know, a number of different things that we're going to try to change to really help the businesses that have been hurt by this. So our team has just been, God, they've been amazing. They've been so phenomenal and really trying to come up with ways to help our tribe and help our, particularly our exhibitors and our sponsors and just um, really coming up with really great ideas. And I feel awful for them because um, when you're talking about what it takes for us to put this event on, I'm, it takes us 18 months to put on payload effects. So we're at the 16 month mark when the rug got yanked out from underneath my team and told, Oh, we're not, by the way, we're not going to actually have the event in two months. Like we planned and, and everything else that we were doing to get ready for the event, that's all been shoved forward and getting ready for the event is shoved back now. And so none of them has have complained all of them have stepped up and been like, what else can I do? I mean, like they've been coming up with the most amazing ideas to try to really um, add value to our audience and to really try to do some really cool things. And so for them, um, you know, once we are sure that we're going to be able to do the July show, which our, uh, our event moved from April 24th to the 26th to July 14th through the 16th. In Austin. And just so yeah, awesome. Austin. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so um, once we know for sure we're going to be able to do that event, unfortunately, this team is now working on, they're working on two and getting ready to be three total events that they've got to start working on here pretty soon. So it's a lot. And I um, just really have been very blessed to have the team that I have. And they do make it look easy. A lot of people have like no idea what it takes to put this event on and um, and they just think, oh, well, that can't be that hard. And then they'll go to do it and then they call me and I'll be and I'll be like, yeah, what can I do to support you? And they're like, we are going to quietly make this go away because we didn't realize how much this took. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is being in the event business is not for the faint of heart because it's tough business. And um I don't know, I was um, a couple of weeks ago before they canceled South by Southwest, um, Richard Atias, who is a global, he's like one of the biggest global events experts. He puts on the biggest events in the world, like huge. And his company is a consultant for very large events. He was on CNN and he said, <clears throat> 
that the events business is a $1.5 trillion business industry, Mm. industry, $1.5 trillion industry, about the same amount as our new stimulus package. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow. And he said that his, um, his prediction was that we would, and oh, and let me clarify that. That is not any hotels and that is not any airfare. That is strictly the events, 1.5 trillion. And he said that he predicted that at least 20% of the industry would go bankrupt. And um, that's a little bit sobering because um, some of these events are like, they change people's lives. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have come to me and told me how much Halo Effects changed their life. And, um, and I can't imagine having an event just go away and, you know, there was a little bit of time there for a little while. We were going to, we were going to make it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, and, and I actually had doubts for the first time a few days ago and I was like, Oh crap, we actually might not make it out of this. Um, all right, well, that's interesting. Um, and then it was like, okay, well, how do we figure out how to not have that happen? <laughs> so yeah, we, yeah. you know, the whole team just like jumped in and we're, you know, they're, they're working, but we haven't had income for an entire month. And this is usually March is usually our biggest month out of all the entire year. And um, so for us, and then now that's the other thing, all of our bills for our event were already paid. We paid everything was the last bill was due on February the 24th. And so a lot of people um, think that we've just, we're just sitting on a pile of cash and that we, because we haven't had the event, we don't have any bills. And that isn't the case. You don't get to do no, that. All the bills have to be paid before the event happens. Like right. you don't get to you don't get to run an event in a ho- like in a in a place without everything being paid off beforehand. So I know and I know this firsthand because it's like there's a there's a cash there's a bit of a like a. a um, a funnel, a funneling or a bottleneck that happens. Like you have to be able to, you know, with ticket sales and, you know, sponsorship sales and all that, be able to get all that in ahead, ahead of, yeah. you know, all the, all the bills that are, that are coming due. So it is, yeah, I, I totally know where you are right now. Yeah. So yeah. it was, the, it's, so there's a lot of people who think, well, we should just like refund everybody. And I'm like, uh, the bills are paid. Our, our contracts aren't cancelable. So we're in this place where, you know, we're just, so the whole team is just trying to figure out how do we just really create value for everybody that's invested into this event Yeah. Um, from the attendee to the, you know, largest sponsor. How do we create value for them right now before we get to the point of whether or not we know whether or not the July event is going to happen? How do we create value? And that has been one of the greatest things is just watching this team really, you know, come together in a place of love and gratitude and wanting to really take care of all of these people. Because the the thing that is really sad for us is that some of our exhibitors and sponsors might not make it to Mm -hmm. the July show. They might not make it to the April show. And I don't mean physically get there. I mean, physically not have a business anymore. And that is sobering and that is um, heartbreaking. And especially because we know that all of the exhibitors and sponsors, particularly that come to Pillow FX are in their business because they wanted to make an impact and a difference. And they knew that they could do things different and they are their industry disruptors, all of them. 
in some way, shape or form, they are disrupting the industry that as we know it. And so um, it's been really um, that whole idea of that some of these, because a lot of them are family to us. They've been, you know, part of PLFX for years. And the fact that some of them might not make it is really, it's sad. And, you know, even the idea of us not making it is sad to me. I, um, I have real high hopes and just really have a strong vision around what Halo effects is going to be and what it's, and particularly the, um, metamorphosis as we come out of this. Um, I have a really, really strong vision and my team is, you know, kind of like really grabbed hold of that and been like, yep, yep, we're here, we're going to do it and we're going to make that happen. And so, um, but it is, it's heartbreaking. Um, because these people have been big supporters of Halo effects and we're big supporters of many of them. And so my hope is that we'll all make it out together, but you never know. It sounds like you have true believers on your team. Um, and Giovanni talks about this in terms of, you know, getting a fat or Seth Godin. And I know Giovanni loves Seth, so he often will quote him, but a thousand, you know, true raving fans. And it sounds like when I hear your team saying like, we'll do whatever it takes and we're going to, you know, put in extra hours and deliver extra content or, you know, go above and beyond. I mean, that's, I, I think that that speaks volumes about the mission that you are trying to disrupt. You said this a couple times in our conversation around disrupting the industry, you know, the industry disrupting the current paradigm in health, whether that's the sponsor who is making, you know, keto snacks or uh, a new, um, you know, meditation device or, you know, wh whatever, whatever this, whatever medium uh, the, the health disruptor is uh, is playing in i think that i you know and this is a bit of a health bubble crisis for me like this is a you know we had the housing crisis in you know 2007 8 and 9 and i think that this is the health bubble crisis and my hope from this is that we are going to I mean, we can get into a long conversation around how we sort of punt our all of our responsibility to the government and we look to authority figures like the medical establishment or the big pharmaceutical establishment for answers rather than looking uh, internally. And, and maybe that's a different podcast, but uh, <laughs> that's a different topic entirely. I was going, you, are you sure you want to go there with me? Because yeah, uh, cause we could be here until going on that <laughs> yeah, right. for, for days. Anyway, that's so far. I get on that soapbox. We're, we're but it, it's so funny. I mean, just, just a quick comment on it though. It is when we are scared because we are so not to, used to feeling our feelings, we look outside ourselves for places to calm us. So we look to political figures to tell us that it's going to be okay. We look to uh, authority figures, whether it's the police or it's medical doctors or whatever is culturally established as, as the authority figure, rather than looking within. And I, and I know that that sounds like a little crazy, but I... And I've been doing IGTV or not IGTV. Uh, what's the other thing? Live. I've been doing IG lives around this idea. I've had people emailing me saying like they're depressed and they don't know what to do and can like how can they get rid of this depression? And it's like you the only way th the only way around it is through. Like the only way you're going to get over it is to feel your way through it. Otherwise, you're just going to be develop developing compensatory 
you know, maladaptive patterns. Um, and so what's the saying when you're going through hell, keep on going. <laughs> get, yeah. Get keep out. On going. <laughs> just when you're going through hell, just keep going, get, get out yeah. as fast as you can. Yeah. So I, I applaud you and I applaud your team. Uh, I know how difficult, uh, it can be right now. I mean, we have uh, our big gathering is in uh, September. So there's a little bit of, we're just not sure. So we're just kind of waiting at this point, but uh, to all of the, you know, the South by Southwest and the, you know, um, we're still waiting. Like I'm, I'm going to be speaking at um, at Paleo FX. I'm so excited. It's my first, actually, it's my first time going to Paleo FX and I'm going to be a speaker. So I'm super excited. Yeah. So very excited to, uh, to be part of your tribe and your community. And um, I I really want, like, I'm gunning for you because I really want there to be this disruption in the way that we think and this idea of self-agency and this idea that you can actually take your power back through the things that you were talking about, financial health, spiritual health, tribal, relational, emotional, all these things. Um, I, I think that they're so important to embody as, you know, an optimized, up leveled person because and we can use a biblical quote here. There's, and I don't know the actual, like where it is in the Bible, but the kingdom of heaven is within. Right. Right. So I can find the quote, I'll put it in the show notes, but the kingdom of heaven is within. What does that mean? It means, you know, if you're punting, if you're waiting to get to the big pearly gates at the end of like right now is where heaven is. It's, it's within your body. It's within your soma, your constitution, your cells, you know, that's, that's where heaven is. And yeah it's the most important place you'll ever live, right? I know that sounds very cliche, but it, I think that this whole crisis has really brought that into focus. Like if you don't have, you know, to your, you were saying before, the obesity and the comorbidities like hypertension and mm-hmm. cardiovascular disease and like, you know, if Keith had the disease in his cells, if he was a resilient organism, he's going to be able to easy like to get over the disease with much more ease than someone who's already pro and like already has inflammatory pathways that are activated who's maybe on some medications to manage things that are you know lifestyle like they they can be also corrected through lifestyle as well yeah well you know what's interesting is one of the things Brittany and I talked about all the time before she passed away was that she's she always talked about how people think of heaven as a destination that's there or Mm -hmm. there or there. And she was like, that's not really what it is. And she was like, it's here. And she goes, and we can, this is the other thing she goes, and the same thing with hell. People think hell is over there or there or down there or whatever. And she's like, that's, it's all here. It's what we choose to bring here. We can either choose heaven or we can choose hell. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, so many of us choose to bring hell to, you know, to our relationships, to, to our lives, to our whatever. It's just that whole idea of you get to make all those choices. And, um, you know, one of the things I've been saying for the last few weeks is the only thing you can control is, is right here. Mm -hmm. This is it. You can have control of this. And that's, that's what you control on all of the rest of this. And the, you know, getting into the place of fear and all of that stuff. And that's not saying that there's anything wrong with having fear or having doubt or being worried. None of that. The thing is, is that you can't live there because that is bringing hell here. And the place to live is in having hope, is in 
really looking inside yourself for the place of, of solace and the place of, you know, um, I don't know, the, you know, the positivity, all of that, because what you're going to always find out there is, is a lot of negativity, a lot of chaos, a lot of drama. It's a lot, all of that is all out here and you'll find a lot of that. And you can also see a lot of positivity and a lot of love and a lot of kindness and a lot of that out of here. But at the end of the day, it's really about what are you, what are you telling yourself? What stories do you tell yourself? How kind are you to your, to you? And that's one of the, one of the reasons why I have the, the be the grace thing is I think the ultimate act of love is grace. And the problem is, is that we don't, um, we do not show grace to others and probably most importantly, we don't show grace to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so if we're speaking to ourselves and that's one of the things we talk about at Pill Effects a lot too, is really the whole thing about paleo is getting rid of all the toxins in your life. And that includes not just what you put in your mouth, not just what you put on your body, not just what you clean your house with, not what you give to your dogs or your cats or whatever you have, animals. Um, it's your whole environment. That means uh, everything that you're putting in here, which is your thoughts and everything that you have going on here with your relationships. If you have toxic people in your life and if you've got toxic thoughts, you need to get rid of them because those things don't serve the entire organism. And the thing is that doesn't mean that you don't love people, but you don't loving somebody doesn't mean they have to be part of your daily life. They can, you can love people from afar and you know, I I can tell you, I practice that one. Mm -hmm. So the the thing is, is that what do we, but what we choose on a daily basis is whether or not we choose to bring hell into our lives or we choose to bring heaven. So I'm totally in agreement with you there. I love that. So you are doing, it sounds, are you doing Facebook lives for, uh, for your, like where, if people wanted to find you, if they said, you know what, I love, uh, this woman's philosophy. I want to learn more about her, learn about paleo effects. Where can people find you on social? Where can people find information about the, uh, the event? And, and just for, maybe we can just reiterate the dates of the event, or do we not know the dates of the event at this point? So the dates of the event are July 14th through the 16th, 2020. Austin, Texas, Palmer Event Center. And you can learn more about the event at paleofx.com and across all the social channels, we are paleofx, which is P-A-L-E-O-F-X. And a lot of people wonder, what's the FX for? So if you look at our branding, you will see that it is an F with an X inside of um, parentheses, which is the math function. So it's paleo function. Mm -hmm. So it's about putting this into practice in your daily life. And so um, that's where you can find information on Paleo Effects. Um, I am Dana Michelle Norris on Instagram and on Facebook. And for some reason, Twitter doesn't like my whole name. So I'm <laughs> D Michelle Norris on Twitter. And so you can find me, you Twitter. can find me there, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so um, yeah, it's, I, I, I just, you know, feels so strongly that we have a really great opportunity here. And as long as people can see opportunity and not be opportunistic, we'll be good. And, you know, that's just being the best or the worst of humanity. And, you know, we get that choice. 
Beautifully said. I will have all of those in the show notes uh, for the listeners. So I'll have her handles and where to find out more information. And uh, if you are on my email list, you'll be hearing more about the event as well. There's always, I know you guys always have fun contests and giveaways and like VIP prizes and things that you're giving away. So uh, if you're on my email list, you'll also be hearing about uh, some of the fun ways that you can get involved in um, uh, in the celebration as well. Michelle, it's such a wonderful opportunity to spend some time with you. I thought that this was, I felt like we, you know, I, when I was, when I first uh, knew that we were going to be getting together and talking, of course, I knew I wanted to talk about the conference, um, but it's lovely to sit down and sort of pick apart philosophical underpinnings with other people and to see where and how they've come to those conclusions through their life experiences, things that have been incredibly impactful for them and, and, and the, you know, the core values by which they operate. So I wanted to thank you for spending time with me today. And I'm really excited to get this, uh, this episode out to my people. Thank you so much. I had a great time. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For those of you who want to continue on this week's Geeky Magic Carpet Ride with me, visit bettershow.co forward slash show notes. You'll find research, links, summary notes, musings that I prepared in preparation for the podcast. And I often throw in some of my best practices, bonuses, and links. All the juicy bits are in there for you. And now for the obligatory legal and medical disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only, and the advice recommendations we discuss do not replace medicine, chiropractic, or any other primary healthcare provider's advice, treatment, or care. In the consumption of this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship formed, and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. This episode is brought to you by yours truly, Dr. Stephanie Estima, and Leverage. Leverage handles all production, creates the images that you see on my social media, and takes out all my awkward pauses. They are my secret magic bullet. You can visit them at getleverage.com forward slash better.